The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and we're going to continue in our quest to help you be the best in sales, business, and life. And every week, we're going to bring you shows relevant and relative to helping you grow your business. And today, we have an awesome show for you, and the title of the show is Successful Growth Strategies for Your Business Today and really tomorrow. And the bottom line is this. The good news for many of us is business is great, and sometimes the bad news is business is great. And in many instances, a growing business often needs an infusion of money to operate the company or finance the growth. And what we're going to do today is talk about various types of growth strategies to help your company in whichever stage it's in right now to take it and grow it to the next level. And today, in today's show, I have with me Jeff Mitchell. Jeff is a senior vice president and East Regional Sales Manager for Crestmark Bank. And let me give you a little bit of his bio. Jeff has over 24 years experience in commercial in the commercial financial service industry and is well versed in helping businesses of all types gain working capital and financing. He joined Crestmark, the Crestmark team in January 2010 and is responsible for managing a team of business development professionals throughout the eastern region of the United States. Now, during Jeff's tenure in the industry, he's held senior management positions in virtually every aspect of the commercial finance business, including Florida Regional President of Southeastern Commercial Finance, founder and CEO of Dominion Business Finance, vice president of First Capital. Now, he's also a member of the Association for Corporate Growth, Turnaround Management Association, and currently serves as president of the Commercial Finance Association Florida chapter, also known as CFA. And Jeff, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Oh, thank you, Ty. I, I appreciate the invitation to uh, speak to you and uh, and your listeners. Oh, thank you very much, Jeff. And as I mentioned to you in our conversations uh, be- before you even came on the show, prior to the show, we have sales professionals who are thinking about one day owning their business. We have business professionals who whose businesses 
brand new. We have business uh, business owners whose business is uh, five years, ten years, and we have different various sizes. But one of the things that they commonly have is growth issues. So one of the things I really enjoyed in my conversations with you is your knowledge about various types of growth strategies. And what I'd like for you to do with our audience tonight is just share with them the various types of growth strategies and some of their options for dealing with the various types of strategies and issues they may be uh, dealing with regarding working capital. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, happy to do so. Um, You know, every business, you know, one of the biggest challenges that any business has is, you know how do they how do they grow? And um, you know there there are obviously a few different ways that a company can grow. Uh, if it's an established business, then you know they have the option of of growing organically, where they simply leverage uh, the relationships that they have. They leverage the salespeople that they've got in the market, and um, uh, they simply go out and uh, seek new customers and expand. Uh, uh, with their existing customers, uh, there's there's other ways to expand the business uh, by getting into new products and services, uh, getting into new geographic territories, uh, maybe even merging or acquiring um, other companies out there to kind of augment uh, what they're already doing in uh, their marketplace. At the end of the day, when a company decides to uh, embark on a growth strategy. Uh, one of the key elements to um, executing that strategy is just to make sure that their financing uh, is in place to go ahead and, and service that demand and accommodate that growth uh, growth plan. So, um, you know, one of my um, expertises is is financing uh, you know growth oriented businesses by leveraging their receivables, their inventory, their equipment and essentially putting them in a position where they're well-capitalized enough to um, go to market, make commitments to customers and vendors, and essentially increase their sales. Excellent, excellent. Okay, now what I'd like for you to do is just kind of go into details specifically on on some of the strategies we identified, and then what are the options uh, that's sure. out there to help them with those particular issues. Yeah, I think a, a lot of it depends on kind of where a business is. Uh, you know, a startup business is going to have uh, different alternatives available to them uh, than maybe a, you know, 20, 30, 40-year established business. Um, you know, most companies uh, will go to uh, their local bank and seek out a line of credit. Um, you know, and depending on the strength of their balance sheet, how consistent their earnings have been, uh, will determine whether they're going to qualify for a traditional bank line of credit or not. Um, to the extent that um, they've had erratic earnings uh, or they're growing uh, very rapidly, um, traditional bank financing may or may not be available to them. So there's, um, you know, depending on where a company is in its evolution and how rapidly they, they plan to grow, uh, that's really going to dictate what, what options and what alternatives are available to them. Um, you know, if a company has a very strong balance sheet, um, 
and they they really don't need to be in the line of credit uh, for any length of time. Generally, that tells me that a company is somewhat mature, uh, has a strong balance sheet, and may not be growing very rapidly. A traditional bank line of credit may very well be a, a good option for them. Um, but to the extent that um, their business is somewhat leveraged, they're growing rapidly, then what uh, what we do is uh, we look at uh, the company's assets, specifically the receivables, inventory, and equipment, and try to come up with an advance um, percentage against those assets so that the company has the necessary working capital to uh, service the demand that they've got coming from their customers. Okay. All right. So that's what we can do with uh, a company that has been around for a while, uh, so what about the, the organization uh, that's probably three years old, five, four years old, but wow, there is rapid growth. I mean, if they don't have the, the track record of history. What do, you, what do you do with in a situation like that? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know if you remember years ago, IBM used to have a commercial where they had an individual that um, – you know, literally was, you know, the phone was ringing off the hook. And every time he picked up the phone and answered it, uh, it was another customer asking for another order. Um, you know, there are, are young, um, rapidly growing firms that are, that are exactly in that situation where, you know, the phone's ringing off the hook. Uh, both existing and new customers are calling to, um, you know, order products and services from that company and the company wants to fulfill that order, um, but they're not quite sure how they're going to do it. Obviously, they need to have, you know, the right infrastructure and the, enough product and things like that to go ahead and service the order. Uh, but in order to do that, they need to have the necessary financing to do it. So uh, I'll give you an example. Recently, I was working um, uh, on a on a transaction with a rapidly growing staffing business, uh, the company was doing about a million dollars a year, and uh, they were they were chugging along, they were making money. Well, all of a sudden, they got a uh, really large order from a from a Fortune 500 company, and it was going to double their sales. And the company at the time had a small line of credit at a bank. Uh, that for the longest time had been adequate to finance their business, uh, but it wasn't adequate to go ahead and double it because uh, with this order, um, not only were their sales going to increase, but the, they were billing that customer. Their receivable levels were going up substantially, and the payroll demands that they had uh, to service that client uh, were coming on a weekly basis. And... Um, what they really needed was working capital to go ahead and uh, essentially bridge the gap of, of paying the expenses and the payroll uh, between the time that uh, they were providing the services to the time that they'd ultimately get paid by their customer. So what we were able to do is um, provide a working capital facility to um, allow them to borrow against their receivables so that as their receivable or as their sales increased, so did the receivables and uh, the availability of, uh, of working capital against that increased in tandem to allow them to kind of service that demand. 
Okay. And, you know, that's every business's hope that they're going to hit that type of opportunity. But do you find that many companies aren't prepared? Okay, they make that call. They're doing a new business development. And all of a sudden, they land that account. What percentage of, of companies you find are prepared for that day? or And what percentage do you find are having to, to uh, basically uh, shuffle things around trying to figure out what to do? You know, that's, that's a great question. And, you know, entrepreneurs, um, you know, are really special people because they take a tremendous risk when they, when they step out there and um, kind of hang their own shingle, if you will, to go out there and, and sell whatever their product or service is. A lot of the entrepreneurs that I know, um, they're, they're typically very good salespeople. They may be strong engineers. They've got a special, a, a certain type of expertise with whatever their product or service is, but typically they're not finance people. And so in a lot of cases, um, you know, they'll go ahead and say yes to a large order like that, and it's, it's kind of after the fact that they, they kind of scratch their head and say, oh, my gosh, you know, I just said yes to this big order, you know, and I can, I can manufacture the product. I know how to do that. I can sell the product. I know how to do that. But uh, how am I going to finance this growth, and what impact is that growth going to have on my cash flow? Um, you know, that's, that's something that becomes kind of a secondary thought um, in, uh, in ultimately fulfilling that order. So, um, you know, to answer your question, it happens quite often. Okay. And what's the time frame required to turn something around like that? Let's say someone contacts you today. And and if you can kind of lead us into the break, we have a minute left before the break and we can finish it on the other side. Uh, what's the time frame they're looking at from the time they meet with you potentially to the time that they're getting that type of uh, monetary support from you? Um, it depends on, on how large the transaction is and uh, whether it's just a receivable only or if it's going to include inventory equipment. But uh, in some cases, you know, those transactions could be, you know, put together, uh, you know, in as little as a week or two. Um, and depending on the complexity of the transaction and the size, it may be, you know, uh, six to eight weeks just depending okay. on uh, on the particular situation. Okay, very good, very good. Jeff, this is very helpful. And I, I, I didn't warn you about this, but this is going to be the fastest hour of the week for you. And it's time <laughs> for us to take our first break right now. And this is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. My guest today is Jeff Mitchell with Crestmart Bank. Uh, we will talk to you on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. 
Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Are you looking for innovative ideas on how to achieve your financial dreams? Tune in to Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday afternoon at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Join certified financial planners Ken Smith and Ethan Broga to learn how you can obtain financial success. You'll be entertained while you discover techniques to alleviate your financial concerns. Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Time Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I'm your host, Ty Maynard, and my guest today is Jeff Mitchell, Senior Vice President with Crestmark Bank. And Jeff, you've been sharing with us uh, some of the things that businesses have to deal with from, you know, growing exceptionally rapid or growing and they have a new product they want to launch. And you've been kind of giving some ideas on how uh, you can help establish or a bank can help establish working capital or, or provide the funds as well as strategies for growth. So I'd like for you to kind of continue in that vein, if you don't mind. Sure, absolutely. You know, one of the things, you know, the, the businesses that, uh, that we specialize, when, what Crestmark specializes in financing, we, we finance a lot of manufacturing companies, a lot of distributors um, of uh, various products, wholesalers. Uh, I mentioned some service businesses like staffing and trucking that we, we finance. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, one of the things that, that creates a cash flow dilemma for a lot of businesses is, you know, I just recently had a manufacturer who, um, you know, again, had a lot of credit, but it really wasn't uh, sufficient to go ahead and fund the growth adequately. And the dilemma that this particular manufacturer had is he was getting some pretty large orders from uh, from various customers, and in order to manufacture that product, uh, it wasn't like he had all of that all of those goods sitting in his warehouse. He actually had to manufacture them. Um, this was um, you know a tool and die uh, manufacturer like a, a machine shop, mm-hmm. and what uh, when he got an order from his customer. He had about a, a four-week lead time to where he had to physically go out 
and buy some raw materials, bring those into his warehouse, and then go through kind of a light assembly and manufacturing of those raw materials um, and ultimately produce the product that was being ordered by their customer. And that, that process took about uh, a month to do. So when, when he was receiving that order, um, you know, it took a month to go ahead and, and acquire the raw materials and ultimately manufacture the product. And once it was done, it was at that point that he could go ahead and ship it. Well, that customer, even though it was a strong customer, still didn't pay him for another 30 to 45 days from that point. So his cycle to go ahead and service that order was about 75 days. And in order for him to go ahead and cash flow that order, he had to make sure that he had a line of credit in place to kind of cover that, bridge that gap, if you will, so that he had the money to go ahead and and buy the raw materials, uh, fund his payrolls to where he ultimately could go ahead and and ship his products and, and eventually get paid from his customers. So that's a that's kind of a real life example of where a manufacturer, you know, would need some sort of working capital line uh, against his receivables to go ahead and fund that growth. Without the line of credit, he would be kind of at the mercy of his existing um, receivable cycle, uh, which if you're in a a heavy growth mode, ends up becoming a very difficult uh, thing to finance. Okay. And and, and that that raises a, a question. I spoke to a gentleman the other day and brilliant engineer and he has an amazing idea for a, a process that that can help basically uh, provide cleaner solutions to and I'm trying not to say a whole lot but he has an amazing idea uh, that could be extremely successful uh, even a billion dollar idea what does someone do in that situation i mean they have the knowledge base they have the intellectual property they have the ideas how do they get something off the ground like that yeah we we do see startups from quite a you know from time to time and and we finance startups um before, since we're, we're typically focused on financing the receivables and inventory and maybe some equipment, um, you know, there's, there's some capital that, that a lot of startups need before they even get that, and, and I call it seed capital. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically the, the money that they start with uh, to, kind of, to kind of prime the pump, if you will. So an individual like that... Um, you know, I'm assuming, you know, he's already, um, he's already, you know, opened up his doors. He would have some sort of seed capital, uh, whether that's money that he borrowed uh, to go ahead and start the company to fund some of those preliminary items, um, or perhaps, um, you know, he had an investor that, uh, like an angel investor that put up that money, um, where, where folks like Crestmark and, and banks kick in is typically once um, they begin to ship their product and generate invoices, it's at that point that they've got an asset that they can, they can actually borrow against uh, to kind of fund the future growth of the company. So some, a, a true startup like that, uh, it's important that um, 
um, you know, before they're actually into the selling cycle, that they have, uh, you know, a certain amount of seed capital to kind of cover them from day one to the day that they actually can ship product and generate invoices. Uh, once they get that, then they've got um, some assets that um, uh, people can can lend money or, or maybe even factor invoices for them. Okay. And you mentioned a term that I'm familiar with, and, and, and I'm sure many people are, but we may have someone listening who is asking the question, uh, what's an angel investor? Is that someone that comes down from heaven? Uh, so, for, <laughs> you know, so from a from an, a banker standpoint, break that down and kind of share with uh, the, the entire listening audience how you define an angel investor and where do you find them? Where are right. they? Uh, that's a good question. You know, a lot of a lot of startup companies, um, you know, their their initial investors uh, or or people that they borrow from are really family and friends. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just within their network, um, where you know they they have a a strong idea for a product. Uh, maybe they've already got that product or service that they they want to provide out there, but they need some preliminary capital. Um, right. You know, they you know they kind of put their business plan together. They put a pencil to what they need, and they they solicit that you know from you know family and friends and say, hey, I need you know twenty five thousand, fifty thousand, whatever the number is. You know that becomes in um, you know as the uh, preliminary capital you know on the beginning balance sheet for that company. Um, they can borrow it. Uh, or they can uh, actually bring it in as true equity, and and if it's equity, then um, then you know they know that that uh, person is is a partner in the business. Okay, all right. Now uh, that's an angel investor, and so it normally starts with family members, friends, people who who know them, and and have a certain level of trust in their abilities or their knowledge base. Uh, so that's an angel investor. Is there a difference between what they call a hard money lender and an angel investor? Um, yeah, usually the angel investor, you're right. I mean, uh, there's some sort of personal relationship between the individual and, um, and that, you know, investor or angel investor um, where, you know, they're, they're kind of, they've got a personal relationship and they're saying, you know, this person has a good idea. I've known him for quite some time. You know, I'm going to invest in, um, you know, that individual's future by helping them, by, you know, putting some money into their business to help them get out of the gate. Um, once a company is, um, you know, becomes a little bit more established, there's obviously other uh, types of, of, you know, equity, you know, partners out there, if you will, um, and there are hard money lenders. Hard money lenders, uh, you know, will uh, typically secure some form of asset. Uh, you mentioned earlier um, that this individual that you're talking about, you know, has some intellectual property uh, or some patents uh, available uh, on his product. Well, you know, um, a hard money lender, there are lenders out there that specialize in in providing financing against intellectual property or, or lending against patents. Um, you know, the, the beauty of the Internet these days is you can, you can Google those, 
those types of searches and uh, identify people that um, specialize in, in whatever asset you may have uh, that you can pledge as collateral. Okay, very good, very good. And so we were talking about seed capital, we were talking about angel investors, we were talking about hard money lenders, and we are talking about basically there, there are sources out there for people who have an idea or looking to grow to the next level where they can find the working capital, they can find uh, the resources necessary to sustain and elevate their business. Correct. Yeah, one, one thing that um, is, a, is a great place to start is, uh, you know, go to your local bank and, um, and, you know, tell them what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, you know, bring your business plan, um, bring exhibits, uh, you know, as to the product and service. You know, paint a picture as to what you're trying to accomplish as a business. Who you're, who you're likely going to be um, selling to, um, and give them a picture of, of you know, 12 months out, uh, 24 months out, this is what uh, you expect to accomplish. Um, in a lot of cases, you know, banks uh, offer SBA financing, and I know the SBA has uh, some express um, or micro programs, um, you know, where businesses that are literally just getting out the out of the gate uh, have the ability to apply for uh, financing with the Small Business Administration. Uh, that's a tremendous resource. Okay, and SBA stands for Small Business Administration, is that correct? Correct, and um, you, can, you can go right to the SBA site. Okay, very good, and Thank you very much, Jeff. And once again, it is time for us to take a short break. This is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard on the Voice America Business Channel. My guest today is Jeff Mitchell with Crestmark Bank. Stay tuned, and we'll talk to you on the other side of the break. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. What are the reasons that over three-quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. 
We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at tymaynergroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, Ty Maynard. My guest today is Jeff Mitchell. He is Senior Vice President with Crestmark Bank. And what we're talking about today is basically how companies, businesses, small business owners, uh, entrepreneurs, how they can continue to grow their business sometimes when they the 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 funds may be lacking the growth potential is there, but they don 't have the funds or the working capital to keep financing the growth and before the the break uh, Jeff, we were talking about um, basically one some of the things if uh, a business is going to any type of financial institution to to try to get a line of credit or working capital. You were saying some things they need to be prepared to to present and the right and the right uh, content they need to have. Uh, continue to elaborate on that. You know, from your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, you know the questions. You know, just from a from an informational standpoint. Um, you know, banks and, and financial institutions, you know, they typically need a financial statement um, from, the, from the prospect, if you will. And what that is is, is a balance sheet uh, and a, an income statement. The balance sheet essentially is a snapshot of, of you know, what the assets and liabilities of, of that particular company is, and it'll show um, total equity. Which tells the bank uh, exactly what the you know what the um, financial condition and capitalization of that company is. Um, the income statement is going to be kind of a summary of what the um, the sales levels are, uh, what their cost of goods are, what their direct uh, overhead is, uh, and it's going to net on down to a net income figure so that the bank has a real good feel for. Um, you know, what the financial condition of that company is. Typically, when, when a company, you know, if they've been functioning for a while, uh, they should have a financial statement. Uh, and if they don't, uh, at a minimum, bring in uh, their tax returns. Um, usually, a bank is going to want to see their accounts receivable aging, uh, which is a summary of, of the invoices that they've got outstanding, 
Um, we always ask for uh, what I call a, a summary detail aging of receivables that uh, kind of breaks down all of their invoices in a 30, 60, 90, and over 90-day type of format by customer so I know exactly who they're selling to and for what amounts and how those customers are paying those, those invoices. Uh, we also typically ask for an accounts payable summary, which is a summary of, of the vendors, um, you know, what sort of um, monies they owe their vendors for, for maybe raw materials or, or, you know, other types of products that they may be purchasing to, um, to, to manage their business. Uh, we also try to get a, a feel for, you know, what their inventory looks like, uh, typically an inventory summary. Uh, is helpful, and I think most of all, what the what the bank is trying to do is really understand uh, what that customer does, who they do it for, and uh, so I think just a a general business description or some sort of industry write up, um, you know, that tells them who the people are, uh, what they do, you know, marketing brochures any types of informative business overview that helps that banker understand uh, what it is they do. Um, you know, once they understand that, um, then they shift gears very quickly into, you know, how can I help, um, help finance this business or how can I help support their efforts? Okay. And, and Jeff, where are we in the, in the whole scheme of things today let's because in 2006 2007 it seemed like there was just money galore uh if you were breathing you could get a loan and then uh 2008 2009 2010 it was like things just dried up and you had to have exceptional credit you had to have exceptional uh financial stability uh, where are we now where in 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 this gamut yeah, I think you know we're we're seeing um, you know banks are lending money again. Uh, financial institutions are are lending money again. Um, I think that um, you know businesses that um, uh, that are growing and have a a strong demand for their product or service, uh, finding financing um, you know is easier than it was uh, you know a few years ago for sure. Um, I think when a when a company goes in to meet with their banker, though, uh, there are some questions that uh, you need to be prepared to you know to answer. Um, you know, again, tell the banker as much as you can about the product or service uh, you know that uh, that you provide. Um, give them a good picture of who uh, who your customers are, so that they get a feel that you know are you selling to you know, Fortune 500 companies that are very good about paying their bills, or are you selling to, um, you know, smaller uh, customers that maybe there's not a lot of financial information on or credit history, for example? Um, you know, they're, they're going to want to know what your selling terms are. Um, what, you know, do you sell your product or service on a net 30 or net 60-day basis? Um, you know, how are you currently financing the business? There's just a number of questions that they're going to ask. And at the end of the day, uh, what they're hoping for is that you've got a very solid understanding of, of your business uh, because that's going to inspire confidence in them to uh, support your efforts with, uh, with a line of credit or, or other types of financing. 
and, and we have a, a few more minutes before the next break, probably about four minutes or so. But you mentioned something just now about net 30. Is there a way a bank can help uh, a business, let's say, even to negotiate better terms with one of their vendors or, or, or someone? Uh, because let's say for a moment uh, it's net 30. Is there something you can do or that has been done where they can have the funds and they can negotiate uh, better terms or conditions? Yes, that's a, that's a great question. Um, not too long ago, I had a distributor of office supplies. And, you know, obviously a lot of people go to, um, you know, Office Depot and Staples and, and places like that. But there are still some, some niche office supply uh, distributors out there. And it's a very, it was a very low margin business. So when they sold their product, um, you know, they, they had very limited margins. But what they figured out is that if they could increase their buying power with their vendors, then they may be able to uh, negotiate some discounts with those vendors. So what we did is we were able to go ahead and put a, um, a working capital line of credit in place to allow them to borrow against their accounts receivable, which, which put them in a position to go into their vendors and saying, instead of paying you all in 30 to 45 days, I now have working capital available, available to me to where I can now pay you in 10 days. And what that did is it put them in a very strong cash position to, um, to go ahead and, and negotiate um, as much as a 5 and 8% discount on their purchases. And so, you know, what they used to, you know, pay a dollar for uh, and pay in 30 days, they were now paying, you know, 90 cents for, 92 cents for, um, and paying for it much quicker, uh, which allowed them to go ahead and pick up a considerable amount of margin uh, on the other end when they sold it. Oh, that's excellent. That's an excellent idea. So basically on how we manage our funds, that can help us to negotiate even better terms or conditions or better pricing on the things that we're purchasing. That's yeah, excellent. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, you know, the, the, the key to a good working capital facility is to put you in a strong position to service your customers the best that you can by fulfilling their orders. But the flip side of that is, is uh, by having increased working capital available, it really uh, puts you in the catbird seat with your vendors because they're going to want to sell more to you because they know you're going to pay your bills on time and uh, possibly even um, sooner than that. Wow, that's excellent. That's excellent. Now, one of the questions I I have uh, for you, and we can start it now. We have a, oh, wow, we have a couple of minutes before the break. But uh, what differentiates your bank or your type of bank from some of the big banks that we hear about all the time that's on every corner. Um, If you can start that, we have probably a minute or so left uh, before the break, and then we'll finish it on the other side. Sure. Crestmark uh, began back in um, um, 1996, and we are a state-chartered FDIC-insured bank, but um, we were started by entrepreneurs, um, you know, and... um, we are, you know, what I call a specialty commercial bank, and all we do is provide working capital financing. We, we don't um, uh, do depository accounts. We don't provide a lot of the other ancillary products and services that you would get from a traditional bank. 
this is all we do is specialize in financing um, financing growth, uh, you know, for both small and middle-sized businesses. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. When we come back, we it's going to be time for us to take a break in just another 30 seconds, Jeff. But when we come back, I want you to, to share any additional insights that can help our people, uh, our listeners, be more savvy when it comes to seeking out financing, working capital. Uh, in the meantime, it's time for us to take uh, our last break. You're listening to Ty Maynard. And the show is Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. And my guest today is Jeff Mitchell. He's Senior Vice President for Crestmark Bank. And we will talk to you on the other side of this break. Don't you go anywhere. Stay tuned. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network do you want to know what's really going on these days well capital thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy politics law and business what happens in washington on wall street and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day we're taking you on a behind the scenes tour of all of it Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Looking for a business talk radio program that's unlike any other talk radio program you've heard before? It's time to check out Game On! Business Talk Radio with host Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Dr. Miles and his guests will tackle some of the unconventional and controversial issues and topics in the business world. We'll outline, discuss, and provide solutions to certain problems in marketing, business management, financial accounting, and policies. You and your business can't afford to miss a show. Tune in Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice. America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I'm your host, Ty Maynard. My guest today is Jeff Mitchell, Senior Vice President with Crestmark Bank. And Jeff has been sharing with us ideas, tips, techniques, strategies, and tactics to continue to grow our business. Today, 
and how to help infuse it with the working capital and the financing necessary to accomplish that. You know, Jeff, we have uh, a, a few more minutes left, and I was wondering if you could just share with our audience just some last-minute uh, ideas or concepts or any, any, anything you think that could help them to continue to get the funding to grow their business, especially today. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would uh, I would highly recommend um, you know getting to know your local banker. Um, you know, typically you know they're going to take a personal interest in 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 you and and your company's success. And uh, it's real important, uh, even if you're not um, borrowing from them just yet. It's important that you establish that uh, that initial contact so that they can get to know you. I've had customers in the past that um, you know it, they're not even ready to borrow from me, but they want to go ahead and, and establish the relationship. They'll begin to start sending me some information, periodic updates, news releases, things like that, so that I can keep abreast of their pro- uh, progress. And that way, when they eventually do uh, need some working capital or some sort of financing. Um, then that business, those individuals, they're already familiar to us, and um, and we can immediately shift gears into putting some solutions on the table to support their efforts. Very good, very good. That's a great point because I, I was in the buying commercial uh, real estate properties, and I had a relationship with a banker to the point where I just basically called him and said, "Okay, I have another property," and uh, from that point. I connected him to my realtor. They did everything they needed to do, all of the due diligence, and I basically showed up at clothing, at closing. But that was because I had established that relationship. So that's yeah, a great absolutely. point. Absolutely, yeah. And, and and they don't expect you to be uh, an expert at uh, at financing. Um, you know, you're the entrepreneur. You see the opportunity. And I think if you can um, articulate uh, what the opportunity is. Um, and and how you can monetize that opportunity. Uh, that's when you know the banker uh, or financial institution. Um, you know their 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 job really is to understand the opportunity so that they can provide you the financing needed to take advantage of it. And and the more they build a track record with you, uh, the the easier the, the subsequent financing and working uh, together becomes. Is that an accurate statement? Um, it is. I, I think um, when they see, you know, when they understand the business and they begin to see it perform, um, then uh, they they get a confidence factor that uh, that you know what you're doing and and um, um, you know plan appropriately and manage uh, your growth appropriately. And um, as you perform, that's certainly going to um, enable them to um, increase uh, that support as as time goes on. Now, does anyone ever use you as, let's say, a consultant? If they have things they, they're, they're considering, do they ever just contact you just to bounce the idea, <laughs> you know, to, to get some feedback from your perspective? Sure, yeah. I, I, you know, we, we obviously are, um, you know, the value add that, I mean, we specialize in financing accounts receivable, inventory, and equipment. Uh, we actually do some seven uh, SBA 7A lending, uh, which is one of the SBA programs to finance equipment. But um, there are a lot of companies that get referred to us by 
other bankers and, and people in the finance community, and um, they'll call and say, this is my business, this is what I do, this is who I do it for, and this is what I'm trying to accomplish. And if it's not something that we can do that's, that's not in our expertise, um, you know, there are people that, um, that um, you know, we align ourselves with out there that, that may have an expertise. Like you mentioned, real estate. Uh, Crestmark doesn't finance real estate at this time, um, but uh, there are a lot of businesses that, um, that own the manufacturing facility or the building that they operate out of. And uh, that gives us an opportunity to hear what the need is and, and uh, pivot them to somebody that can help. Excellent point. Now, was this our hour is almost up, Jeff, believe it or not. Now, was that fast or was that fast? Or was it fast? <laughs> that was fast. I told you. I told you this, this hour <laughs> goes by very quickly. Now, please do me a favor and give our audience some ways to contact you or to to look up Crestmark and, and its capabilities. Share with them. Absolutely. You know, um, we, Crestmark, our website is www.crestmark.com, C-R-E-S-T-M-A-R-K.com. And you can, we have a number of different um, products and services that we offer. We typically finance businesses uh, just getting out of the gate uh, on up to needing as much as seven and a half million dollars. Uh, in working capital financing, um, typically our customers um, will have sales uh, as high as you know forty, fifty million. But a lot of our customers are in the um, in the one million to ten million range. So we 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 cover a lot of different types of companies, manufacturers, wholesalers, distributors, and a lot of service businesses. But I'd be happy to talk to any of the listeners. Uh, uh, you can reach me at eight one three. Two zero five one five three eight, and you can also email me if you'd like at jmitchell at crustmark dot com. Excellent, thank you very much, Jeff. I really appreciate you being on the show, and I got a feeling uh, you may be back uh, to answer additional questions regarding uh, the the monetary, the financial side of of growing a business. And clearly, you identified several ways that you can help businesses grow or creative ways. There are ways out there for you to get the funding. Uh, you just got to seek it out and, and be persistent uh, and be proactive is, is what I basically took away from this. Uh, but courteous determination is one of the things I talk about in the show. Courteous determination rarely alienates. And in order to help you further on the sales side, we've been talking about the business side, but on the sales side, last week I mentioned to go to questdeck.com, quest, Q-U-E-S-T, deck.com, and download my free report where I explain the one mandatory skill that separates the highly paid sales professionals from the others. It's a free report. Don't have to pay anything for it, but it will help you in your quest to be the best. As usual, as a, thank you for listening today, and this is the fastest hour of the week, and we look forward to being with you again next week where I have a dynamic topic for you as well. In the meantime, what I want you to do is be your best every day, all right? 
Be your best every day. All you have is today. Don't worry about what happened yesterday. Don't focus on tomorrow, but just stay in the now. And in the meantime, in the meantime, we look forward to speaking to you next week. But forget patience. Let's sell something. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience, let's sell something. Let's sell something.